Well, good morning again, Calvary family. All right, true confession. How many have the Christmas decorations up? And how many are still waiting? Okay, so they've got, how many are still waiting for the Christmas decorations? All right, well, it's, it's probably, we got more people. That, how many of you had your Christmas decorations up before Thanksgiving? We did, yeah, it's, it's, we're together. I do it just because Heather said to, and so um, I don't really, I mean, we, she, she uh, we, you know, since we always go out of town for Thanksgiving, we always put our decorations up before so that we come back and it's Christmas at home. And so I want to say thank you to everyone that came out Friday night to help decorate uh, the sanctuary and the foyer. Can we give a, just a, a round of applause to them? We had over 30 people come out to help us. It was a great time. Uh, really enjoyed it, and so uh, it's it was fun. It's it's it was great. Really, um, I love all the the decor and decoration. It's uh, it's exciting. I do want to just highlight one of the announcements as a reminder. Um, the toy giveaway that we're doing for children, and I say children in the pediatric unit, it's zero to twenty-two years old, uh, and I know some forty-year-olds that are still kids. But we're doing zero to twenty-two, uh, and so we're we're collecting gifts for them in uh, the hospital. It, we're we're focusing on Jersey Shore, but if we exceed the number of gifts that they can take there, we will expand out into other hospitals as well. The women's ministry last night they collected toys, which is fantastic. We got them out in the foyer, uh, but we're going to receive toys through the seventeenth. Uh, and we'll actually deliver them on the 17th. And so if you could be giving uh, a gift, that would be wonderful. And if you'd like to help deliver them, uh, it's going to be a great uh, ministry. It's just an exciting way to be a part of our community and to tell people that we love you. It's Calvary Lighthouse. We just want to help. Uh, I, I can't imagine there's much uh, worse things than being in the hospital during Christmas. And so we, it just gives us an opportunity to show some love and excitement. And uh, let's give good gifts you know, talking about gifts, how many of you have uh, ever received a bad gift at Christmas? Yeah, yeah. We can have a competition to see who got the worst gift at some point. Um, our young adults pastor down in Virginia, I think he'd win. Um, his in-laws bought him the, the gift that no one really wants to get from anyone, let alone your in-laws. Uh, they bought him underwear. <laughs> Two sizes too small. And so you got to open it up, and you're like, oh, great, thanks. I, this seems very awkward. My, I, have a, I have an aunt. You've heard me refer to her, my crazy aunt Glenda. Um, we were, she, we we're very excited to see them. She made her pumpkin roll for Thanksgiving, always, always happy to see pumpkin roll. Uh, and so we, um, she specializes in giving me bad presents. Um, she's done so much better. We've been married, Heather and I have been married for 11 years now. And so uh, since we've gotten married, she quit doing it. Um, but my uncle told me that my aunt would spend all year looking for the perfect bad present for me. Um, so like when I was like 14, 15 years old, she gave me, no kidding, a six foot tall, I can still picture it, uh, of a, a cardboard cutout of Garfield. He was standing on a drum uh, in a, in a uh, tuxedo. I don't know why um, she gave that to me. I don't, I don't know of any teenager that was looking for that. Um, then the next year, she gave me this big, no kidding, a pillow of Garfield's face. No idea why. I mean, I like Garfield as much as the next guy likes Garfield, um, but... I mean, I don't really, as a teenager, I didn't need that. Uh, at 17 or 18 years old, she gave me business cards 
for a clowning business I did not have. <laughs> now, I, I, I started as a, um, I, I started as a, a clown at church um, with actual makeup, not just goofing off. Uh, and so uh, when I, was, I started doing that when I was 12. And so I've done that for years. I still have my, I, I, you might see occasionally, not very often, uh, the clown makeup come out. But she was apparently trying to encourage me to start a, a business, which I didn't really want to do. Uh, while I was there. And then when I was 20, 21, she bought me a teapot. Um, I do not drink tea. But again, it was a Garfield teapot. Um, I'm not sure why. But we've all gotten bad presents, haven't we? Uh, And we've probably all given uh, some bad presents. Hopefully, uh, you realize that Christmas is not the time to give appliances. Um, Don't give your wife a vacuum cleaner at Christmas. That is, that's a practical gift that you just buy when it's needed. It's not a special occasion kind of gift. I think uh, Christmas is the time that you buy gifts for people that they wouldn't normally buy themselves, right? It's a great time. It's a great opportunity to give uh, something great. And this morning, our sermon is titled, The Giving Manger. This past week, I had the opportunity to do uh, the chapel for Calvary Academy's elementary kids, which is fun because they say elementary, but it's actually three years old uh, through fifth grade. And that is a, uh, a fun, fun group. And I asked, them, I asked them two questions to start off with. The first question I asked them is, why do we celebrate Christmas? And a little boy named Roman, who's five years old, nailed it on the first, first try. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus was born. And I think we can all answer that question, right? Why, was Jesus, why, why do we celebrate Christmas? We celebrate Jesus' birth. That's what the whole season's about. That's what the whole uh, time is about. But then I asked the question of how do we celebrate Christmas? And the, the kids, um, they came up with a lot of different answers. They came up with, we decorate uh, they came up with, we, we go out with family, we go out, we open presents, we put up the tree. We came up with all of these different ways of celebrating, uh, but it wasn't really overly focused into any one thing of how we celebrate Christmas. How we celebrate Jesus' birth is, is important. I mean, putting up the tree is fun. Giving gifts to each other is great. Uh, doing nice things for each other is wonderful. We, we have, having everyone enjoys uh, their Christmas, Christmas Day or Christmas Eve dinner. My family, we always did Christmas Eve with the extended family. We would go to church, we would take communion, uh, and then we would uh, go out to dinner. Oftentimes we went to a place called Mama de Salvo's, uh, which was a great uh, Italian restaurant in Dayton. Uh, there is Italian food outside of New Jersey, uh, in case you're curious. And it, it, it really is it was shocking. It was good, great stuff. Uh, but then, you know, we would do, we'd do the extended family uh, on Christmas Eve, and then Christmas morning would be just our family until the afternoon, and then the family, extended family would come. Everyone has a little bit different way of doing it, don't they? You know, maybe, maybe you stay local, maybe you go somewhere. It's, there's lots of ways that we celebrate Christmas. But the, the question I asked the kids uh, on Tuesday was, are we really celebrating Jesus' birth? Or are we celebrating each other? Are we celebrating uh, the gifts? Are we, most of the kids are probably just celebrating the gifts, right? Let's, just, let's be honest. And so we shared with them a story. And I wanted to share it with you this morning. It's called The Giving Manger. And uh, Heather found this a couple years ago, 
And we use it with Bennett. And everyone likes a good story, don't they? Right? We, we like a good story? Okay, all right. Well, some of the people over here do. I'm not sure about you guys. Um, but this was such a great way of framing Christmas. And I thought it would be so fun to share it this morning with you. And so if you don't mind, we're going to have a story time with Pastor Spencer. Okay? Now, um, because there are so many of you, um, I can't have you come up front and sit down on the floor. Um, as fun as that would be. Um, and I'm not going to do one of these with every page, right? Um, because we're, have you ever read of So if you work with kids, I can read this page to you from here. Right, you know why? Because if you work with kids, you perfect reading everything upside down. Uh, and so uh, I've told people that work here at the church, just understand I'm nosy. And so if you have something on your desk and it's upside down, I'm reading it uh, because I can. Uh, that's what we do with kids. But I thought it might be fun for you still to be able to see the pictures. So we're going to put it up on the screen for you. How's that? that there we go. So let me read this story to you, and then we're going to have a sermon that comes after it, believe it or not. Uh, but you might get the point as we go along. All year long, we would wait with joy and delight to receive a wood toy on Christmas night. Father would carve them with love and care because we had little money to spare. One Christmas was different. A new tradition began. On Thanksgiving Day, Dad told us the plan. Children, we will give more gifts this year. More than one gift, I was thrilled to hear. The giving will start on the first day of December. Those days of waiting were the longest I remember. On December 1st, I ran downstairs to see just what special thing my present would be. No wrapping, no ribbon, no presents were there. Just a simple wood manger's father made with care. Children, this manger's my gift to you. Listen, and I'll tell you what to do. This Christmas will celebrate the great gift of all. Jesus Christ, born a baby so small. Throughout his life, Christ always was giving, loving, serving, and never receiving. This year, we will offer gifts back to him by serving others, giving gifts from within. Each time you serve someone, you also serve Christ. Remember the scripture we read last night. Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it. Unto me, Matthew 25, 40. As you serve others, you also serve Jesus. That is the message this scripture teaches. Each time you serve, put straw in the manger. Serve your brother, your mother, your father, or a stranger. I felt sad that this manger was all I would get. Dad said more gifts. I couldn't forget. I noticed my brother had tears in his eyes. I could not remember ever seeing him cry. I cannot believe Dad would do this, he said. He promised us gifts, then just gave us this bed. Why? We don't ask for much, just one measly toy. Why is he taking our Christmas joy? That morning was filled with frustration and anger. I wanted to throw away the manger. But when I got home from school that day, the manger held ten new pieces of hay. My chores were all finished, my laundry all done. A note on my bed said, Anne, go have fun. My mother had worked hard to serve me. Gifts aren't always found under a tree. It was my turn to serve and give to others. I'd follow the example of Christ and my mother. I thought about Jesus, that if he'd been there, he'd want me to love, he'd want me to care. I started to give by washing dishes. Then cleaned off dad's boots and gave him kisses. 
I wrote a kind, of, a kind note for my brother Ben, placed straw in the manger, and went, be, went to bed with a grin. But Ben was still mad, refused to join in. I decided I'd fix it by serving him. While Ben did his homework, I snuck out the door and shoveled the snow, his least favorite chore. The next day I saw him put straw in the manger. Gone was the sadness, disappointment, and anger. He'd woke up early, headed out to the shed, building and painting a baby doll bed. He'd made this gift for the girl down the street. They had no toys or money and little to eat. I asked Mom if we had food we could spare. We walked to her house, hoping no one would hear. We knocked, left the gifts, and ran. He hid behind a bush to hear what they'd say. What they'd say. Jane opened the door with tears in her eyes. Our prayers were answered. Look at this surprise. As we walked away, I looked up at Ben. We served Jesus, Anne, by helping them. Now I see what serving really can do. It brings joy to those you serve and changes you. On Christmas, the manger was full. We'd done it. Then Father told us there was one more present, a small baby Jesus carved by our mother. So simple, so humble, and like no other. You did it, my children. The manger is full, full of service and love. The baby it now holds. Baby Jesus had no crib for a bed, but you gave him this manger filled with love instead. You know, we celebrate Christmas in a lot of different ways, and we celebrate it oftentimes focusing on the wrong things. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting perspective on Christmas to think of it in the context of serving. You know, people that don't know Jesus celebrate Christmas. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea why they're doing it. All they know is that Christmas has become a popular time. It's one of the reasons I love so much the gifts that we're collecting for the hospital. Because it's not about us. And it was birthed out of the heart of one family in the church. They have bought their family a, a nice gift and decided this Christmas that they weren't going to focus on presents under their tree. They were going to focus on the needs of someone else. And they came up with this unique idea. I think it was very creative. And they asked if we as the church would like to participate in it. What an easy way to serve the needs of others. I love the message of the Giving Manger book. It's great. And the principle of it comes from the book of Matthew. Now, we're going to take a break over, through December. We're going to take a break from the book of John. We'll pick it back up in January. But I thought it would be nice during Christmas to spend some time talking about different Christmas messages. This week, we're talking about the Giving Manger. Next week, we're going to talk about Christmas through the eyes of a child. The following week is the uh, Christmas Around the World, which will be an exciting presentation. And then December 24th, we've got uh, two services that we're going to have. In the morning at 10 a.m., we'll have a message titled, Filled with Anticipation. And then that night at 5 o'clock, we'll have a one-hour candlelight service where we uh, celebrate together as a family. 
And then the last Sunday of the year, Pastor Fogel will be here to preach and share that Sunday, just before we ring in the new year. December is a great time. It's a special time, but I want to make sure we stay focused. And so Matthew chapter 25 is where we're going to start this, this morning. In verse 31, here's what it says. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes? And clothe you. When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit? Then the Lord, then the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whenever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment for the righteous to eternal, but the righteous to eternal life. You know, that, that principle that we see from the giving manger and from this chapter is understand this. We serve Jesus by serving the needs of others. We serve Jesus by serving others. But when you look at those in this chapter, they didn't know they were serving Jesus, did they? They weren't looking for recognition. They weren't looking for accolades. They weren't looking for a pat on the back. That's the interesting thing about social media nowadays uh, when we see these great news stories. Now, everyone loves to celebrate when somebody does something kind and generous, but it's always interesting when somebody promotes themselves. Look at what great thing I did. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it fabulous? Look how generous I am. How many of you heard of the woman that, was, uh, that helped a homeless man in Philadelphia? Actually, a homeless man in Philly gave her his last $20. And she started a GoFundMe page. Now, the, the news picked that up. I, I, she did not just say, hey, look what I did, right? But in our, our society today, what does everybody like to do? Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at how generous 
I have been. We talked about this actually on Wednesday night. Uh, We called it the practice of silence. Doing good without telling anybody about it. Well, that's hard, isn't it, sometimes? We We want to feel good about it. But I really believe that when we make a big deal about something that we do for somebody else, we've received all the reward we're going to receive. The Bible tells us that when we give, to give so that your left hand does not know what your right hand is doing. Why? Because if we're doing it for recognition here on earth, guess what? That's all we're going to get for it. But God has a better reward for us. We just have to be patient for it. We have to wait. We don't need to toot our own horn about how good we are. Because your father sees what is done in secret. And so often we think of that verse in the context of sin. But it also applies to positive things. God sees the things that no one else sees. God sees the small gifts that you give to somebody else. God sees the small ways that you help your neighbor when you notice it's windy outside and you pull the trash cans up to their front door. No one else is going to recognize that. You're not going to blare that on Facebook. But guess what? Your father sees it. See, serving others isn't always glorious. But here's the thing I love so much. On both sides, the sheep and the goats. The sheep weren't looking for Jesus to serve. They were looking for people to serve and serve Jesus in doing that. The goats, I believe, would have been willing to serve Jesus, but they didn't realize in serving people, that's how you serve Jesus. Jesus has everything he needs. Right? He asks of us to love one another, to give to one another. And we serve Jesus by serving others. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal principle. And it's a great one to remember at Christmas. Here's another thing I want us to remember is that Jesus asks us to serve others. And he gives us a great example throughout the Bible. We see great, great examples. Peter gives us a wonderful, wonderful example. Peter and John in Acts chapter 3. Because oftentimes when we start thinking about giving and serving and helping others, we start thinking about what we don't have. We think about how limited our resources are. Resources are. Maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you're not sure how you're going to pay your electric bill next week. Serving doesn't necessarily mean spending money. Serving, giving, doesn't necessarily mean monetary compensation. Here's what Peter says, actually, in the the book of Acts, Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 11. Here's what it says. says, One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. You know, when they pause to say, look at us, here's what they're saying. We don't look like we're wearing fine robes. It sounds like Peter and John should have stood out as, we don't have any money. So the man gave them his attention, expecting something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. 
Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Jesus doesn't ask us to necessarily give great sums of money to other people to serve them. But he does ask us to use what we have been given to serve them. Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have any of that. But what I do have, what Jesus has given me, I will give to you. That's what Jesus asks us. We simply serve by using what Jesus has given us. Do you have a talent? Has God given you a gift? Are you musically, can you play an instrument? If you can, are you using that for glory of God? Are you serving others with it? Maybe you've been given the gift of hospitality. Are you serving others with hospitality? Maybe God has given you the gift of creative ideas. How are you using that gift? Maybe God has given you the gift of relationships, empathy, prayer. There's all sorts of ways to serve others. If God has called you to be a giver, now there's certain things on aspects that we're all called to give obediently, but there are those that are called to give extravagantly. If God's called you to do that, give extravagantly. Has God called you to love children? Then love children and serve them. Has God called you to help others? Then serve them by using what God has given you. Because here's what I know. God has given each and every one of us a gift. And he gave it to us for the purpose of serving others. Silver and gold I don't have is what Peter said. But what I do have, I give freely to you. You know why they could give it freely? Because they knew it didn't come from them. Jesus gave it to them. Jesus gave it to you. And he gave it to you for the purpose of you giving it to someone else. Here's the beautiful thing about the gifts that Jesus gives us. You know, a lot of times in church, we can get, um, we can get stuck on what we want. I don't know if you've, we, we've, I know we've talked about that a little bit, but we can get stuck on what we want. We start thinking of stuff as mine, right? This is my seat. Why does pastor talk about my money so much? Why does pastor talk about my time so much? Why does pastor talk about this so much? Well, listen, because it's not yours. It's not mine. It's Jesus's. But when we take the resources that he has given us and we start thinking of how they just apply to our life, then they become ours to hold on to, don't they? But when we start taking the resources and the blessings that he has given us and focus them on someone else, we start looking for opportunities to serve others. Because we realize that we are blessed so that we can bless others. Imagine if Peter had just said, you know what, dude? I don't have any money, so I'm going to walk on by. Peter had a gift, didn't he? Peter had a big gift. He gave out of what he had. You have a gift inside of you. And God has called you to serve others. So, you know, I kind of go back to that first question that I had 
uh, how do we celebrate, why do we celebrate. The real question I ended up with with the kids in chapel was, what is the best way to celebrate Christmas? What is the best way to celebrate Christmas? And we saw that in the first portion of Scripture that we read, Matthew 25, verse 40. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. We serve others with no expectation of return because it honors Jesus. We serve others because they need to be served. And we can serve, anyone can serve. Anyone can serve. Not everyone can serve in the same capacity, but everyone can serve in some manner. You know, it's always an interesting question uh, for, for a pastor when uh, people need benevolence. People come to the church. We get, we get people all the time. They come to the House of Blessing. Uh, we have people that come. They need financial assistance. And um, I, I, I had somebody ask me one time, well, what if they misuse the money? That's between them and God. That's between them and God. What if they lie to you? It's between them and God. We've been blessed to be able to help other people. I can't dictate how they use it. If somebody comes and lies to me, is that my fault? But if I turn them away and say, you know what, I'm not sure you're going to use it right because I don't know you well enough to bless you. How long did Peter know that man at the gate? Listen, we can't necessarily be worried that the gifts we give, we can't control it, how it's used. All we can control is the heart and spirit and attitude that we give with because Jesus gave freely. That's what he's called us to do is to give freely. Now, I don't want you to get me uh, to misunderstand me. I'm not saying that if you celebrate Christmas by giving your family presents, you're going to hell. That's not the, the intent at all. We, it's, fun, it's fun. It's good. It's a good time to be generous. It's a good time to bless your family and your friends. It's a good time. I'm, I'm not one of the, there's, there's some pastors that, that teach, you, know, you buy your kids presents, you become so materialistic, you're not focused. I'm not saying that. But if we never focus on serving others and giving to others, we need to check how we're really celebrating Christmas. How we're celebrating what Jesus is doing, how we're celebrating the heart of Jesus. Because that's what Jesus said in Acts 20, verse 35. You probably know it. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Serving is the spirit of Christmas. Serving others, giving to others, is the spirit of Christmas. That's honestly why, um, as a pastor, I don't have a problem asking for special gifts and needs throughout the year. Why? Because we're not pocketing the money as a church. We're blessing others with it. God has blessed us to be a blessing 
to others. That's why I think one of the biggest things that we need to keep in mind is that Christmas is the spirit and attitude that we must carry around the year. We can't just worry about it in December. The gift giving that we do can be a wonderful time of celebration, but that can't be the only time we focus on what the spirit of Christmas is. The giving manger, the message of the manger, is that Jesus came to give us eternal life, and he gave us an example for us to follow where we give generously. Jesus gave everything that he had. Everything that he had. You know, there's a lot of spiritual gifts that are talked about. Talk about the gift of hospitality, administration. Talk about the gift of helps, preaching, worship, prayer, intercession, healing. There are all sorts of spiritual gifts. You know the one spiritual gift no one really likes to talk about a whole lot? The gift of martyrdom. Because you only get to do that one once. But what a model of Jesus Those that have that gift that are called to be martyred for Jesus. Because I believe that is a spiritual gift. We're called to use the gifts God has given us for the glory of his kingdom. And this morning, that's my challenge to you. Are we embracing the message of the manger? The message of the cross is forgiveness, grace, and mercy that we've all received and that we're to give to others. But the message of the manger is serving others, is giving to others. Are you embracing that? Are you using the gifts that God has given you to serve?